Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to have so much fun. First, because we have one of our foreign guests. Absolutely love our guests who are outside the United States. You know, I'm one of those people. I'm just a sucker for a good accent. And, you know, I love it, I love it, I love it. But it does mean, obviously, that our program is listened to worldwide. But more importantly, it means that we have guests who are from everywhere who have absolutely fabulous tips and techniques for our our listeners. And our guest today is going to share with us time management. Holy schmoly. You know, that is my bugaboo, my worst problem, all those various things. So I absolutely cannot wait to speak with our guest today. So please join me in welcoming Barbara Clifford to our program. Welcome, Barbara. Thanks, Deb. Thank you for having me. You know, it really is going to be such fun. And, you know, before we really start talking about this, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Barbara Clifford, the Time Tamer, assists busy working women to minimize stress and maximize time. She has spent over 20 years working in stressful and time-precious industries such as film, hospitality, and marketing, while also juggling responsibilities of managing her family, business, and career development. She has always had a passion for making sense of things, for creating order out of chaos, and to simplify. She assists working women to take back control. Barbara is a recognized international speaker, lives in the desert of Alice Springs, Australia, and works with people around the world. So again, Barbara, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and it's it, you know, we, we mentioned that these are for women. Clearly, we don't want to alienate the men who might be listening, but it is the women who do seem to juggle many more balls. Sorry, gentlemen, we know that, you know, you're, you're good parents, all those various things, but it does seem to fall on the women more that we're having to be the person who works, the person who cooks, the person who cleans, the person who raises the kids, the person who volunteers, the person who, okay, needs 28, 29 hours every day, and she's just not going to get it. So let's start at the beginning with you, though. Why is it really that you decided this was a passion of yours? Well, as you as you mentioned in my introduction, I've worked in lots of different industries and there came a point as a mum with young kids where you start to look at your, your career and your life and what you're doing mm-hmm. and sometimes you go for, through a shift, whether it's a midlife of crisis mm-hmm. or it just changes when you become a parent and that's what happened for me and I realized I didn't want to stay in the film industry anymore because it, for me it just wasn't conducive to the parenting life that I wanted to have mm-hmm. and I meandered along just plodding from job to job and then spent some time really looking inwards and looking at doing some personal development and some personal growth and, mm-hmm. and looking at what my skill sets were. And there was a thread there of, I realized a passion and it was consistent throughout my career of organizing. People would always seek me out to organize things and get things organized because I love doing it and I'm good at doing it. And so I never knew that 
like a lot of people, something that you're really passionate about, you think, oh, everybody must love it. Everybody must like mm-hmm. it. Everyone can do this. But um, when you're passionate, it, it comes to you easy and you, and you have the skill to do it. So that's where it came from. Right. You know, and obviously we all do better when we are picking our careers, uh, you know, whatever, you know, our, our, our jobs or whatever, when it is a passion. And I love that you love to help us get organized. I mean, you know, that's just probably one of the easiest ways to put it. And, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, I'm horrible at this and I don't have kids. I don't have a ton of other things that I'm doing. I just, my brain flits from here to there. You know, I'm, I'm definitely one of those squirrel type of, of people. And, you know, I, I love the fact that you have some great tips and things on your website, which is timetamer.com.au. Don't forget that AU part, folks, because that uh, routes it into Australia. But you've got this great book that I downloaded, and it's, it's a very quick little read, 101 Time-Saving Tips for Busy Working Women. And I love the concept. I love the, the, the premise behind it. So tell us a little bit more about that, and then let's, let's talk about some of those tips. So what, where that came from was that I, I'm very active in a lot of Facebook groups mm-hmm. where women are supporting each other and sharing information, sharing advice. And every time something came up about time management, people would be just uh, consumed with the tips and, oh, that's great and here's mine. And I could see that there was an absolute need and desire for people to share some of the things that they had learnt themselves to Mm -hmm. save time, but also gain that knowledge from other people. Mm -hmm. So I decided to put a call out in all of the different Facebook groups saying, I'm putting this together, give me your tips, share your advice. And all these, a lot of those tips came from friends and people that I'd connected with in groups that were sharing their little tips Mm -hmm. that they had for saving time. And like you and I were talking about before before this interview, not all of them will appeal to everybody. They don't necessarily appeal to me, but I know that they'll appeal to other people as well. Mm -hmm. So there's out of 101, there's going to be a few that that will work for you. Right, right. And and it was cute. As I was reading them, there really were you know, several that I went, especially like, you know, the ones that don't have, uh, that talk about kids because I don't have kids. But I did realize how important they all were. And I love the fact that you got them from a variety of different people and different places. And and that it was this true collaborative effort. And then, of course, it struck me that part of how we save time is when we collaborate and when we ask people for help, for assistance, for guidance, all those various things. Rather than doing what women try and, and do all the time, which is try and do it all ourselves. That's true. And do you know that there's actually research that's been done around resilience and what makes people resilient? Mm-hmm. And uh, this, I, I can't cite the study off the top of my head, but there was some research done uh, around children that had lived through trauma and, and difficult family situations compared to other children that hadn't. Mm-hmm. And one of the qualities that the children had who were resilient was the ability to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So people often see it as a sign of weakness, but it's the actual fact is the opposite. It's right. those that who are resilient, who can bounce back, who can take control and feel in control, are comfortable to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually 
one time people who are good at time management are good at asking for help they're good at delegating and asking people to assist them or giving the jobs to people that uh, are better equipped to do it right you know, and, and i think as women and as business owners we get the double whammy because we think that we have to do it all as a woman and we think, well, I'm the owner of this business. I have to be able to do it all. You know, and, and some of that is we think we have to prove ourselves, which, you know, that's, you know, we either, neither here nor there. You know, there definitely are a lot of cases of that. But I think we do forget that we can ask for help. And it, it never, ever means that we're not capable, that we're not smart enough, and, you know, that we can't do it. In fact, it means that we are smart enough to ask for help when we need it. Oh, look, I totally agree. And the the ironic thing is that when I started my business, I want I actually wanted to work with men. I enjoy working with men. Mm-hmm. But what I found was it was predominant. My biggest market was women. And I think in some ways women feel comfortable to actually ask for help. They don't mm-hmm. see as much as a sign of weakness. Uh, whereas I, I, I do have male clients don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I, I'm not. I'm not going to exclude them. I do have clients mm-hmm. that I work with that are male, but I have more that are women because they uh, need. They're open to adapting and to changing and to be uh, feel comfortable to put the hand up and say, "I need help." So mm-hmm. surprisingly, women are. I, I feel personally are better at doing that when it comes to things like time management and stress management. Right. You know, and it's funny when we look at a lot of men and, you know, I'm just going to generalize here. It seems that they're very good at delegating because they're always saying, well, you go do that for me. You go do that. You go do that. You know, and, and, and it's, I'm not sure that they're delegating as in just passing stuff on, but you know, it, it does, as you said, it, you know, it does seem to kind of come comfortably to them to just say, you know, here, here, go do this. And, but women, when we learn how to do it, we're very good at it because, I think what we do is we look at someone's skills. We look at obviously what our weaknesses are, whether it's just that we don't have time or that we don't have that necessary skill set. And I think we really make an effort in matching that up so that it's even more successful. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's a good point. And if you think about, I'm very passionate about mindfulness in business. So mm-hmm. being able to step back and, and look at things from a different perspective and a different mm-hmm. point of view. And the interesting thing, I, I'm sure the US is not that much different to Australia, but for my, my mother's generation, when she was in the workforce, I mean, she had to get permission from her husband to uh, open up a bank account in her own mm-hmm. name. Right. So uh, when, when she was a young working woman and there was the expectation too that when you got married that you left your career mm-hmm. and that you would go and raise children. So there's this culture. I've learnt, I've been very influenced by my mother. So she would have learnt to be flexible, to be adaptable, to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Probably raising children and working with children and, and being a family member, volunteering for charities. A lot of women in her era were volunteers for charity groups and community groups, whereas now less women can do that because there's the expectation to work. So she had to be flexible. She had to look at the available skills of volunteers she had to look at the skill sets of children that she's working with and how can she persuade them and influence them to to 
clean up after themselves or Mm -hmm. whatever it is and work collaboratively. And so those skills are handed down to me. So I think there's also a cultural uh, passing on of knowledge in, in that relationship that is now being delivered in the workforce. Mm-hmm. Women applying those same skills in business, they're bringing a different energy and a different way of communicating and leading into into the workforce, which I think is really interesting. Right. <clears throat> you know, and, and, and it is interesting because I, you know, my, my mother was the same way, you know, and, and, you know, so obviously we're, we're very similar in age that, you know, it was expected that she would, now I'm an only child, so that did help a bit, but, you know, it was expected that she not work. Um, now she did go back to work once I was in school, you know, and, and, but her work hours had to match my school hours, you know, I was very rarely home after school by myself, um, you know, and, and all of these things. And, and so now women, I think, have so many different challenges because they work, you know, they, they, their school, their, their hours don't match school hours. So they have to start that collaboration at home. <clears throat> you know, who's going to get the kids to school? Who's going to get them their, their, their lunches? Who's going to pick them up? You know, where are they going? All these various things. And, you know, plus they have to go to the job and, and, you know, so many things. And, and so you're right. I think that collaboration starts so very early, and, and especially with folks who are raising kids because they are trying to coordinate the kids' schedules, their schedules, all of these various things. And it's not isolated to parents either, Deb. This, this is the thing because busy people will fill their diaries. If I mm-hmm. didn't have right. kids. I would still be really busy. Mm-hmm. I would right. still be filling my diary full of uh, social events or or community events, whether mm-hmm. it's or sport. So that that will exist. Uh, the interesting thing is that uh, I think this is a trap that women have uh, is wanting to be everything to everyone, whether mm-hmm. you're a mother or not. You're wanting to not let anybody down, right. and so wanting to be the best all the time and I, I sometimes deal with people who are stressed or who are time poor but particularly stressed because their goals that they haven't fulfilled or their mm-hmm. deadlines that they haven't fulfilled are bound by somebody else, right. somebody else's expectations that are being imposed upon them. Mm-hmm. So their own values, their own core beliefs, the things that are important to them actually interfere with some of those goals so Mm -hmm. it's 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 this cycle and this double-edged sword so to speak where I'm beating myself up because I'm not doing I'm not achieving these goals and expectations that other people placing on me but they're actually not true and aligned with who you are Mm -hmm. and that's where procrastination and things come into play as well. You know, and and I think some of it is just overwhelm. You know, there's there's overwhelm, there's procrastinate, there's you know, there's me going squirrel. You know, all those various things, and and so you know, as you said, it comes back in in many cases to time management. And and I want to get back to talking about your book, um, the hundred and one time saving tips for busy working women, because you've got you know some tips in there that were absolutely fabulous, and, and especially on time management and. Um, you know, and so let's, let's talk some more about some of those because it was so funny as I was reading them, of course, they all, I, as, as I read each one, I went, well, duh, but I also went, oh, I don't do that. (laughs) And so, you know, we recognize that we should be doing it, but, but we just don't. And, you know, one of the things that I loved was 
to, to have the family calendar. You know, and it doesn't matter if you're a family of two or a family of 12. I mean, you know, you, you have this family calendar and it's color coded so that people can look up, they can glance at it. You know, and, and I'm one of these people where I, I keep my personal calendar, my business calendar online. It's on, on Google. It's a, a Gmail calendar. And so other people have access to it. My assistants, my, I, my husband has access to it, but I don't think he ever looks at it because he's always saying, now, can you do, um, you know, but, and it is color coded so that I can glance at it. I can look at it, you know, for my day. So that definitely helps me. But I also, I have the big calendar up on the wall so I can glance at it very easily. I'm not having to stop what I'm doing on the computer. I can just glance up. And again, it's color coded also. And, you know, I, I love walking into someone's home. And or you know a big office where they have these these big calendars that everybody can see, and it makes life so much easier. As long as and this is obviously the most important thing that it's current. You know you can't say, well, I needed you to do X, and you you know you had that time blocked out. Oh yeah, I forgot to to do that. You know they have to stay current. So what are some other calendar keeping tips that you have for people? I think anything, I love things that are automated, of course, because mm-hmm. then it's not you doing it. So right. there's a great, one of the things that's mentioned in the book is a great tool called Cozy, mm-hmm. which is designed specifically for families that ha- all have competing schedules with each other mm-hmm. and it actually synchronizes it will synchronize with your calendar whether it's google or outlook mm-hmm. so i don't even have to keep that updated as long as i'm keeping my calendar my mm-hmm. outlook calendar up to date so i absolutely love that my kids have got that i've the person that actually introduced that to me had a calendar for the cat because the cat was this breed that constantly needed to go to vet mm-hmm. the vet they had to take turns in taking the cat to the vet. So, right. yeah. So there's- well, and we have pets, and so it would be wonderful to have their appointments on there too. So it could just be our fur babies as opposed to one or two. But, but yeah, you know, all those things that need something scheduled really should have their own calendar like that. I love that. So it just means too that you can synchronize. So for example, my kids, they can go online. They're old enough now where they can actually look online and see what their appointments are. But if they're bound to one of us to get them to sport or get them to a doctor's appointment, Mm -hmm. then we can actually attach the parent that's doing that. Okay. So, you know, it's like you're taking this child and I'm taking this child. Mm -hmm. So we're aligning all of our calendars in the one place. So I really love it for that for that uh, purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, you know, I, I love the fact that, that you mentioned that it can tie in because, you know, whether you're actually having to take them or just wanting to go and watch, you know, or, or all these various things. And, and um, you know, it's, it's funny. I've, uh, my longtime listeners know that I've had some serious illness. And so there were times where, of course, my husband had to be taking me to the various doctor's appointments and, and things like that. And, you know, I, he'd be like, now, do I need to come home early today or do I need to come home early tomorrow? Or when is that appointment? And so, again, if we just had everything all tied together, it would let make life so much simpler. And for me, that comes back to the procrastination part, the actually getting it done and then getting into the habit of keeping it current. 
Well, that's just it. I mean, if you the thing too is to to limit the amount of diaries and calendars and things that you have. The more that you duplicate it, the harder mm-hmm. it is to keep them all up to date. Right. So that's why I love dig- digital devices for mm-hmm. that reason because it's just one place and everything else falls into play. Mm-hmm. Even you and I scheduling our time together, it was beautifully synchronised with Outlook so there was no way that, that I was going to miss that. I didn't have to write it down or put it on a calendar. So it helps to be able to eliminate the multitude of places that you're recording and collecting information mm-hmm. and that's where that's where sometimes people can get distracted or procrastinate as well right you know and you mentioned one of the things that i use a lot and um it, it might be a tip for your next book is that online scheduling program you know where people can can look at it and so i use a program called schedule once there are multiple ones out there i happen to, to use the paid version just because i need more features but there's lots and lots that are free versions they tie into your various online calendars you know they mentioned outlook google all those various things and so if someone cuz here's one of the biggest time wasters in the world if i were to say hey barbara let's go have coffee sometime next week assuming we were in the same continent. Um, and, and then we go back and forth with five, six, however many emails. Well, what about Tuesday at 10? Well, no, I can't do Tuesday at 10. How about Wednesday at three? Well, no, Wednesday at three won't work. We go back and forth and back. And that's a horrific time waster. I mean, that's just, you know, while it's fun, you know, we have those little chit chat messages. We have to stop. We have to open our email. We have to, you know, all those various, lose our train of thought. And having an online scheduling program just simplifies it because, and again, now you have to keep it current, but you know, you send the link and then it opens up their calendar. You can, you know, and it, it obviously there's different features for, for each one, but it only lets you select available times, you know, and, and now this was another th- tip that you had in your book is to always include travel time. So on my online scheduling program, it's got a buffer on either side. So if, like, I, I have a selection that obviously for this interview, um, and and I, it has a buffer of fifteen minutes on either side to give me time to get ready, so that I'm not doing something back to back to back to back. It gives me that little break. If it's something that I know I'm going to have to travel to, then it gives me an automatic half hour, but I can make it bigger. You know, Atlanta is a very big place. So I can make that a longer length of time, things like that, because that's the other thing where we screw up. We forget that it actually takes us time to get somewhere, time to prepare. But, you know, that's why I love those online scheduling programs, because then I can just send somebody the link and say, hey, find what works out best for you. And then, you know, then we're set and we don't have that. Well, what about, what about, what about, what about? And then pretty soon we forgot that we were even going to meet type of messages. Oh, can you imagine what it's like working with people who are time poor <laughs> to, to make a time? Right. So exactly. I couldn't live without that mm-hmm. for me, for my business. And so I've got uh, on my website, I've got two two options. So sometimes I'm connecting with people on social media and again, you get mm-hmm. lost in the conversation right. trying to, to make a time. So I actually book in a 15 minute call. Let's mm-hmm. let's talk. Let's actually get off the screens and and, and talk person to person, mm-hmm. whether it's guy 
Skype or a phone call and people can book in a 15-minute call mm-hmm. looking at my, my schedule at a time that suits them, that's their availability. Mm-hmm. And then, then I have uh, uh, strategy sessions which are a bit longer and once again people can do that online. But it's, it, you'd be, uh, it's one of the things that when I'm working with clients that I quite often implement with them there's so I'm going to look at I'm going to check out um, schedule once thank mm-hmm. you I'm gonna, I'll look at that one but the other ones that are really popular are acuity and book like a boss are the yes. ones that I'm mm-hmm. aware of as well and I recently worked with a uh, with a dog grooming business that was doing everything with a paper system and this business owner was absolutely anchored mm-hmm. to the phone and to her paper diary mm-hmm. but being able to implement an online booking system meant that other staff could take over the booking wherever because yep. it was a cloud-based program and it also meant that regular clients could book in based on what was available because mm-hmm. she would get booked out well in advance and she estimated it probably saved her about two hours a day not right. doing that back and forth with mm-hmm. all of the clients, booking them in, no, that's not available, can we do this date? No, that doesn't work for me, how about that? So just doing having those online programs streamlines. Mm-hmm. So worth the money that you actually pay to use the more advanced features in terms right. of the time you spend, yeah. Well, and even when you have to communicate back and forth through them, you're saving time. You know, I, I had somebody uh, try to schedule a meeting the other day, and I looked at it and went, oh, I forgot to mark out my own vacation. And, you know, I had it on the calendar, but it, it was marked as available. It just had it as like a reminder as opposed to busy. So he marked that. So I was easily able to just quickly send him an email and say, you know, through the program, and, and say, you know, I can't accept the request that you sent because I forgot to mark my own vacation. Please, please select another time. Poof, away it went. You know, he, he and, and it took maybe five minutes because he got it, he rescheduled, you know, that was that. And so again, it saved so much time because we weren't doing the back and forth and back and forth. And if I picked up the phone to call him, then it really would have, you know, it certainly would have taken, you know, tons of time, you know, unless I just got his voicemail. But But, you know, it it really is one of those things that having online scheduling and online calendars is probably the biggest time saving that, that we can have. Yeah, definitely. And to be able to, there's so many tools now to be able to look at things on a grander scale. Mm -hmm. So you're able to, and move things and reoccurring Mm -hmm. things and all of those those tools that you have in a digital space. So uh, look, I've still got plenty of colleagues and associates that still like to use their paper diary and bless them, I understand, but there Mm -hmm. is no way I could, for myself, I could ever possibly go back to that. You know, and, and I, I was one of the, the latecomers to the digital calendar because I wanted to be able to open my calendar and quickly look at it, you know, and, and I couldn't do that with my, my smartphone version. And, and I still have trouble with my smartphone version. You know, I will go to schedule a meeting and if I'm not paying attention, I easily put it on the wrong day, the wrong time, if I'm, you know, things like that. I've had reminders ping at me at three in the morning because it was supposed to be 3 p.m., you know, and, and all these various things. So it, it, again, it takes practice and it takes paying attention, which is, of course, one of the biggest time wasters that, that we have is that we don't pay attention. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. And as I mentioned, mine is color coordinated. 
So you can easily look at it and you'll say, uh, Kim, the producer of my radio program, she can look at my calendar and at a glance, she can open it on Monday and go, oh my gosh, you have five interviews this week. We need to make sure that we have all of this because my radio interviews are green on my calendar. Personal is red. Business is blue. So I can easily glance at things and know this is what I have to do and, and when I have to do it. And the other thing about a digital space and a digital calendar, which I really love, is that you can actually search for things. Mm-hmm. So if if I need to, for whatever reason, revisit when something happened right. or check mm-hmm. the date or how long ago it was, mm-hmm. then I can search it in that digital space. Yep. One of one of the things that I love about Outlook, I'm, I'm a big advocate of using Outlook for the small business to be able to project manage. There's so many tools that pe- that are underutilized that people aren't aware of is the, the categories feature within, within Outlook. Mm-hmm. You can categorize things within your calendar, but those same categories can be used for contacts, for emails, for they can be used in many different ways. Mm-hmm. So it helps you align your thinking in terms of working on a particular project and around a particular time mm-hmm. by, by using those colors and, and those categories as well. So the emails, the contact, the, the appointment, they can all come together. Right. You know, and and it's so important whether it's a work team or a volunteer team or your family team that we are coordinating those schedules. Um, you know, and 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 you and you just mentioned two key words, project management. That's what we're all doing. And I don't care if it's getting the kids to soccer or um, you know, a work project or whatever it is. It is project management. And I think that's where a lot of these time-saving tools came from is that that world. Definitely. And the interesting thing is what I find is that people don't consider that we all now in this modern age project manage through email, Mm -hmm. yet we still function in a very paper linear thinking. So I know I know that I'm not speaking alien language here when I say that we get an email where someone says to us, can you do this? Can you action this? Can you give me this feedback? Mm-hmm. Um, and or we're waiting on a response from somebody. So all of the project managing, regardless of what tools we use, come through email. They mm-hmm. all come to us through email. And yet I find when I'm working with clients that they still apply, perhaps it's my age group in that generation where we were latecomers to internet and email, but still apply a very linear thinking uh, and very uh, paper thinking in the way that they manage the digital technology. Mm -hmm. And the lovely thing about digital technology is that we can look at things from different perspectives, different angles, just using a search feature, Mm -hmm. for example. If it was paper, we'd sit there and flick through it, wouldn't we? Or we'd uh, dog tag things with Mm -hmm. fold over the corners or (laughs) paper clip them together or something. But in a digital... heaven forbid, we use sticky notes that then fall (laughs) off. Yes. So... um, the digital space enables us to very quickly look at things from different points of view, from mm-hmm. different angles. And that's a trap that people fall into in the digital space is still applying that that paper thinking. Mm-hmm. So it's a way of project managing your emails in a, in a digital way. Right. You know, and, and on that one last thing on the calendars, one of the things that I also do is I go back and add things. You know, we, we mentioned, you know, vet appointments. 
I'm, you know, it, it might not be something that I actually put on my calendar, but I go back and add it because invariably, you know, it's, you know, I've got a cat that has to go in for injections about once every, you know, five, six weeks. Well, then it's now, when did I take her in last? And so I can, like you said, I can go back, I can search, I can go, oh, you know, I need to schedule and make that appointment. And, and so I, I do find myself putting in a, things into my calendar that I might need to look back, you know, in, in the future to, to be able to search and find. And so I think that's a, a great tool to be able to, to do that also. Definitely. There's plenty of times that I apply that. And that's, again, why that search feature is really powerful. Mm-hmm. So you you can actually go, how many times have I done this? Right. Or when was the last time I did that? Mm-hmm. So again, if it was a paper diary, you'd have to flip through right. and to be able to find it and count. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the digital space, you can search it and find it really, really quickly mm-hmm. with the last time that you, that you did something and, and when you need to do it again. Right. You know, and, and let's let's talk about that other big bugaboo that, you know, we lose so much time over, and you mentioned it, and that's email. You know, one of your tips is that, you know, you, you don't, you turn it off. You don't be checking it all the time. You know, all these various things, because when we're working on something, to stop and go check that email, even a glance at it, you know, so turn those alerts off. You know, all those various things, your train of thought, it takes a while to get back to what you were thinking about. So, you know, now I'm never going to be one of those people that checks my email just once or twice a day, you know, for a variety of reasons. Too much going on. I don't want to miss anything, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, it, it doesn't have to be on all the time. And I definitely have the alerts turned off. You know, I don't want it pinging me to say, you know, so-and-so just sent an email because that does it. You immediately, you're, you're, you stop thinking about whatever it was that you were doing and you look at that alert. And so I don't have them on my phone. I don't have them on my computer, all those various things. So what are some other great things that you can share with us to save time with email? Wow, this this it's my passion. It's one of the things that I love. Uh, so, I I would it doesn't matter what program you're using, they're all very similar. There will be features in there to automate things. As I mm-hmm. mentioned before, as much as you can automate, the mm-hmm. the the more you're going to save time. So, I would be looking at the features that are available to action certain things with your emails before you even look at them. Mm-hmm. So whether it's in, in Gmail, it would be using the labels feature in, in Outlook, it would be using the categories. It can be uh, using the, the flagging feature as well. The thing, once again, it, the, the issue with emails is that we get distracted mm-hmm. by all the things that fit in our in- inbox. So even if you've turned off the alerts, you then have to go through a process of filtering it, the information to decide which things are most important and mm-hmm. how you're going to remember or recall or not forget the things that are really important or really <coughs> urgent. Mm-hmm. So finding strategies, I I teach a methodology that helps people do that really quickly, but finding tools or strategies to be able to prioritise those emails. In Gmail, there's a star that you can use. In Outlook, there's advanced things that you can do with the flags and the tasks Mm -hmm. to be able to help you to prioritise. And there is any number of rules that can also do things with emails such as automatically move them to folders, mm-hmm. automatically categorise them, 
automatically flag them for, for your attention. So those are the things that can really, really help as well. Right. Well, now, okay, here's a question for you. I hope I don't trip anything up here. In your current inbox, so not in folders, in inbox, just curious, how many messages do you have? Probably for me about 10 or 15. <laughs> See, I knew you were going to use a really low number. Um, because that's, of course, one of the other things that really trips us up. I and Now, mine is bad right now, and I admit that because I normally try and keep it at least under 100. But that's one of the things that, that we do is we have these inboxes that are gigantic for whatever reason. You know, and, and so I really do try to put to, to, you know, if it's something I don't care about, then delete it. <laughs> you know, and if it's like a string of emails, then only keep the most current one. You know, and, and all these various things. But I'm I'm a big one on folders. I, you know, as, as soon as I possibly can. I put that email in a folder, but I know so many people, and you probably work with them all the time, who use their inbox as their task list, their to-do thing, and then pretty soon they've got like a hundred things there, and they look at it, and, and then nothing gets done. Totally, and that's that. the methodology that I use with people will typically save people about two hours a day. Mm-hmm. It is one of those gremlins that just eats away at mm-hmm. your time and you don't even realise it. A little bit here, a little bit there, and when you change your methodology around how you manage your emails, that's, that's literally how much you can save. Two mm-hmm. hours a day, that's 10 hours a week, a working week, that's mm-hmm. 12 weeks a year. Wow. That, Say that, that again. We, Go through that again for us. So two hours a week, sorry, two hours a day, which is roughly 10 hours a week, which equates to about 12 weeks a year Mm -hmm. that you are spending, wasting time in your Mm -hmm. emails. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it from this point of view, when you've got an email that comes in, there's generally three kind of actions that you need, three kinds of things that you need to do with it. Mm-hmm. It's something that you either need to action there's something that you need to do with it, either reply or research or get back to or follow up or mm-hmm. there's something that you need to do with it. Or it's something that you've read and you go, I don't need to do anything, but I don't want to throw that away. I might mm-hmm. need that later on. So you need to archive it. Mm-hmm. Or there's something that you, there are a collection of things that you like to read. And these are the ones that are traps and the time stealers. Mm-hmm. So it could industry newsletters, funny emails, Mm -hmm. um, things that you've subscribed to, uh, minutes to meetings. They're the sort of things that are really, you'll put them to one side and when you've got a pocket of time, you'll look over it, Mm -hmm. but they don't need to consume your attention. So there's three things there. And when I work with people, I get them down to three folders, an action folder, an archive folder, and a read folder. Mm Mm-hmm. I have other ways of being able to use categories and labels mm-hmm. to be able to function within each of those folders. But you could do it. That's something that each of us can do, start straight away, really simply, mm-hmm. is looking at those things in those three different ways. Right. And well, I'm really yeah, about what you need to action. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and one of the things that I recently did within the last couple of weeks was I created an email address, sign up at debcareer.com. So anything I sign up for, I use that email address for because normally it's somebody who's going to keep sending me something, you know, and 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 obviously I found value in in whatever it was. 
but I don't need that, as you mentioned, just pinging me every time. And so those go into a totally separate email address. I don't have them going into my phone. So I have to actually be sitting at my computer to read them. And you're right. You know, I can skim through those very quickly and go, oh, you know, Kim has a new thing out there that I need to pay attention to. And oh, this is a great newsletter that came in from Barbara that I need to get some more tips from. But it's it's out of out of sight, out of mind, basically, by using that separate email address because everything just goes there and it's not coming into my my regular business email. There's a great tool out there, which I absolutely love because I do a similar thing as well. Mm-hmm. I, I have uh, Gmail accounts that mm-hmm. I use when I right. sign up. Mm-hmm. But there's a great tool that you can use called Unroll Me. Mm-hmm. I don't, have, you, have you heard of that one, Deb? Have I have, but I've never used it. So tell us a little bit more about it. It's fantastic. I love it. So what it does is that it will uh, roll up all of the emails into one email, like it's a newspaper with headlines. Mm. So all of the things you choose, what Mm -hmm. you want to roll up and what you want to keep in your inbox, but you'll get one email a day that says, here you go, here's your your subscription. Mm -hmm. And so you You can open that one email, read the headlines and see a bit of a sample of what's on offer Mm -hmm. with with each of those emails and decide which one you want to read. The tool can also, which is really beautiful, make it very easy for you to unsubscribe. So rather than having to go through and delete all the emails or find the unsubscribe button and go through all of that, you just tell it, unsubscribe this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, and in one hit and it'll do it for you. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really lots of people have loved it for for being able to manage all of those newsletters and sign-ups and things that that we all get involved with. Right, and we all sign up for a variety of things, you know, whatever it is, business, personal, you know, all those various things. And and then we think, oh, we can't unsubscribe because they'll feel bad. You know, if I unsubscribe from Barbara, she's going to be hurt. I'm sure you could care less. Um, you know, and that's the thing we need to remember is, you know, unsubscribing is is perfectly fine. You know, and and especially if it was something that, you know, say it was for a phone that you don't even have any longer. You know, all those various things. If you're not going to read it, folks, then unsubscribe. You know, and and because really you don't need it coming in because you stop, you look at it, you at least read the subject, you know, and and who it's from, depending on, you know, how you've got your email set up. So if you're not going to open it, then just unsubscribe from it. Nobody's going to cry. They're not going to contact you and say, oh, my God, you don't love me anymore. Just unsubscribe from it. Yeah, that's that's it. And. I will sometimes, if I if it's been somebody that I've had a personal connection with, I will, after a period of time, unsubscribe and say, "I've really appreciated our connection, but mm-hmm. I know I no longer need this this information. Right. You know, I, I'm good now. Thank mm-hmm. you. I've really enjoyed it. Something along those lines, because mm-hmm. because you have the option to write right. that mm-hmm. that comment with a lot of places where you unsubscribe. So if they really do care. About that kind of stuff, you can, and you do have that personal connection with someone. Mm-hmm. You can do that, right? You know, and and on the other side, folks, don't put people on your list if they really didn't want to be. You know, I one of my absolute biggest pet peeves is when I connect with somebody on LinkedIn, and then all of a sudden I'm on their email list. 
Like, no, that's not why I connected with you. And so I will immediately unsubscribe, you know, and, and the bad part is it actually might be great information, but because they didn't ask me, you know, hey, I've got this great newsletter. Would you like to get it? They just poofed, you know, because you can download your email addresses from LinkedIn. And, mm. you know, and, and then, and, and I mean, how many people do that? And so then, and, and so you are spamming folks. So, you know, think, think about yourself, you know, you don't like getting added to those lists. So don't add them, you know, to, to don't add people to your list without making sure they want to be there. Uh, there's lots of places too that that kind of thing, like Facebook groups is another one. Mm-hmm. So oh. I, I I like to take the time to personally invite people mm-hmm. to my group and, and you have a greater response. And so I think if you take make the make the effort and this is one time I would say spend the time mm-hmm. to actually make a personal invitation and invite people to join your your newsletter or your group or whatever mm-hmm. it is you're going to get more loyalty loyalty and engagement and you're probably your email programs are going to respond better too for a more interactive Mm -hmm. receptive uh uh, uh, participation from your audience well one of the problems that i always have is prioritizing things you know and and part of that is because every client what they send me, that's, it's a fire that has to be put out. Oh my gosh, you have to take care of this right now. And so, you know, and, and, and then of course, you know, you've, I work from home. So, you know, I've got the things that are around here that have to, you know, take priority. And they're really, you really can only be working on one thing at a time. You know, folks, we can't multitask. Our brains just really aren't built to do that. And, and when we try to multitask, we're not doing anything well because we're not giving it a hundred percent. So, Barbara, what are some tips on how we can prioritize what we need to be doing? It's one of the things that I love using. It's a technique. I think people in the US call it um, the Eisenhower technique because I know apparently Eisenhower loved this technique. Mm. Stephen Covey is another person. Mm -hmm. And there's a methodology where you can place things within a particular quadrant. And basically what you're doing is defining whether or not something is urgent or important. Mm -hmm. And you probably go, well, if it's urgent, then it is important. Or if it's important, then it must be urgent. Mm -hmm. But it's not always the case. Right. So if I give you an example, something that is urgent but not necessarily important is things like uh, taking, like you mentioned, taking your your pet to the vet, Mm -hmm. paying a bill, um, these are things that somebody else could do. It doesn't necessarily have to be you. Mm-hmm. So the, the urgency is bound by somebody else's criteria, not mm. yours. Mm-hmm. So it's not important to you. And they're the kind of things that you need to delegate. So the, the, the key is to actually be able to look a bit objectively at and break things down in terms of what's urgent and what's important mm-hmm. what's and what's not. What's mm-hmm. the opposite? Right. The other thing, we, we tend to operate, most of us, in crisis mode. So we're mm-hmm. dealing with the things that are urgent and important, the deadlines, the things that have to be done today. What do I need to do now? What do I mm-hmm. need to do today? The one that's the trap, the thing that we get caught that catches us out are the things that are important but not urgent. And the things that sit within that space are things like uh, proposals, that Mm -hmm. we might need to do for our business. Mm -hmm. It might be projects that we want to, that we're working on. 
It's also relationships. Mm -hmm. So the relationships could be with our clients. It could be with our friends. It could be our family. It's the sort of thing that we go, I'm, that's important, but I'll fit it in. I'll mm -hmm. make sure I get to it when I can. And lo and behold, suddenly it's falling into the urgent and crisis, mm -hmm. urgent and important crisis thing. Ah, oh, my husband's right. complaining. I'm mm -hmm. never spending time with him. Mm -hmm. I need to do it now. Um, oh, that dead, I've got a deadline for that proposal. I haven't done it, spent any time. So my advice in terms of prioritizing those things is to be aware of what differentiate those things and actually schedule time in your diary for those things that are important but not yet urgent. Break them down mm -hmm. and plot them out in your diary. Even the mundane little things that you need to do are worth plotting out in your diary because mm -hmm. you can shift them and move them as you need to, but you're consciously making that decision. And if you otherwise try to fit them in when you can, mm -hmm. they become a crisis. Right. Yeah. Well, and I know people who do that. They've got, say, the first hour of their day is in their schedule, read emails. You know, uh, they might have an hour every day to read a book, you know, whether it's business, whether it's personal, all those various things. And to me, and, and I'll be honest, you know, I look at that and I think, but it, it really does work well, you know, because as you said, you can adjust it. You know, maybe there's something that does take priority during that time. But if I know that the first half hour, the first hour, whatever it is of, of my day, and then maybe, you know, the first half hour after lunch, you know, whatever it is, that's my time to go through emails, then I'm not going through emails at, at other points during the day. I'm not trying to do all those other things. And, you know, and, and you know, blogging is, is a great example. You know, somebody sets, you know, an hour to write every day, you know, and, you know, and, and then by Thursday, maybe they've got it written. So their calendar has an hour to format it and make it look pretty and find the pictures, all those various things. And the second it's on your calendar, then you're kind of accountable to do it. You know, and, and otherwise it gets put off. Now, I'm, I'm a big one. I'm, I'm really starting to have task lists and to-do lists where I check things off and all those various things. You know, you'd think I would have done this a long time ago, but no, I am a slow learner. Um, but when it's written down, it does seem to make you more accountable. You're making a contract with yourself. Mm -hmm. You're actually, it's, you're making a contract with your subconscious. So this, this will sound crazy, but I actually have to schedule in my, my calendar the downtime. I have to have an mm -hmm. alarm mm -hmm. on my phone to say tools down because otherwise I'm so passionate about organizing and doing those things. I'll keep working. Right. And I, but the problem is that I burn out. So mm -hmm. I actually have to make a commitment with myself to have downtime, mm -hmm. to go, this block of time is a no-go zone mm -hmm. and it's either fitness or it's, it's relaxation or it's meditation, turning off my, my, my work brain so mm -hmm. that my brain can wind down so I can stop those stress hormones pumping through my system. I get a good night's sleep and I function the next day. Mm -hmm. So it sounds silly to, to schedule in those, those kind of things that are so simple and so uh, do it anyway kind of things. But if we don't do it, we get caught up in a whirlwind that drags us in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Well, and of course, the important thing is that you actually have to do it. You know, if you have meditation, say, in your calendar for every day at 3, it's not that you get to 3.05 and you think, oh, I'm working on this, I need to keep going. 
you know, then, then there is a decision to be made, obviously. But, you know, when you, you made that commitment, I'm going to take that time because I know that I'll be, I'll work better later by, by taking that time or by following that schedule. And if you don't, you actually have to face up to yourself. You Mm -hmm. have to go, like you said, I'm making a decision. Oh, Mm -hmm. I I committed to myself to do this, but I'm choosing not to do it. And so you're consciously aware of it. Whereas if you just say, yeah, I'll I'll fit in some meditation when I can, it'll never happen. Mm -hmm. So that's why scheduling in things like follow-up phone calls, touching base with a client, spending quality time with your, your family, those things, while they sound silly, it's valuable to actually schedule them in your diary so mm-hmm. that you make sure that that time doesn't get filled with something else. Right. You know, and, and the key then is that that gets communicated. Um, one of the things that I did years ago when I started my business was commit to the fact that basically at five o'clock, I was done for the day. Are we? No. You know, we own our own business, so we're still going to check email. We're still going to do those various things. But For my clients, I'm done at pretty much 5 o'clock. If a request comes in at 4.45, I need you to do X. I look at it, and can I do it in 15 minutes? Yes or no. If the answer is no, then I politely tell them I'll get to it first thing tomorrow morning or, you know, however it works in my schedule. And again, that's the priority thing. You know, maybe it really isn't something that needs done right away, so I, I respond appropriately. But... You know, and and I have found, especially that clients who know that that I work from home, and I've heard this from so many other small business owners and entrepreneurs, they think we work twenty four seven, and so it's okay to ask us to do something at ten o'clock at night or on weekends. And it was funny; I had somebody over the weekend that she emailed me, she sent me a Facebook message, she sent me a text. She, you know, she tried I think five different ways to communicate with me on something that absolutely could wait. And so I finally responded because, you know, I was, I was just not going to respond at all until she you know, was on like the fifth time. And I very politely said, my weekends are my personal time. More than happy to talk to you on Monday. And she responded back and said, oh my gosh, I was just trying to get this off of my plate. I totally understand. And, you know, and, and so then we did, we chatted first thing on Monday morning, but you know, it's it's very easy, especially with the people who pay the bills, to fall into the trap of responding to them right away. And you know, so you just kind of have to set those boundaries and and let people know, you know, it's this is this is the time that I have for my family, for my you know my personal time. And you know what, it it's it I'm not going to give it up. It's like and like I was saying before, it's those things that are. Uh, important but not urgent and mm-hmm. and if you don't attend if you don't allow time for them they will become urgent mm-hmm. I had a business coach who said to me that physical health and physical exercise was as important in my business mm-hmm. as anything else because mm-hmm. if I don't have my health then I don't have my business right and the trap that we fall into is go oh yes I will surpass that um, yoga class or mm-hmm. doing my exercise because of that client needs me mm-hmm. and what he, what he said to me was block out that time and it's non-negotiable in your calendar in the same way that if you had an appointment with a client, right. you wouldn't shift it for another client. Mm-hmm. 
non-negotiable. You've got an appointment with yourself Mm -hmm. and you have to honour that and keep that. And that really really hit home for me about how important it was not to compromise myself Mm -hmm. and my own well-being for the needs of somebody else. Right. You know, and even if it's taking a nap, it's it's funny. I'm uh, one of the medications that I take causes fatigue, and but a five ten minute nap will get me going again for hours. And so I know that if I'm going to function well, I have to take that nap. Yeah, and my my mum used to say to me that even I find it difficult to sleep. I find it really difficult to nap, mm-hmm. but even just resting will. Right will slow down the, the production of cortisol, mm-hmm. will release other hormones into your system. And in some ways it can be just as powerful mm-hmm. as a sleep as well. So yeah, those right. things are really important. Right. Well, good gosh, Barbara, I feel like we're not managing our time well because we've already spent the hour talking and we have so many more things to talk about. So, you know, we'd love to have you on again because we just scratched the surface on this, you know, and, and I think this is something that is so important for everyone, you know, and, and I don't care if you're working, if you're not working, if you own your own business, if you're an employee, all those various things, you know, being able to schedule and keep to it, you know, manage our productivity, all these various things, it's absolutely critical for all of us or we're going to burn out, we're going to get sick, all those various things. So until we chat again, though, tell people some of the, the products and services that you can provide. So I have, as you mentioned before, I've got a book that you can download on my website, 101 Time Savings Tips for Busy Working Women. So that's free and anybody can access that. Mm-hmm. Anybody, it doesn't matter where they are in the world, if they're interested in finding out what I'm doing, as we mentioned before, you can book a 15-minute chat with me that can be over Skype or over the phone mm-hmm. and I can gauge whether or not there are some strategies or solutions that may be able to assist. And sometimes I'll go even further and do a complimentary strategy session. Mm-hmm. There are any number of tools and resources on my website that people can access. There's lots of little videos. There's other things that you can download, other useful little tools that people can access. There's even some meditations that you can, five-minute meditations that you can do in the coffee room or in the toilet or outside, mm-hmm. wherever you can grab five minutes. I love so, That just reminded me one of your tips was to keep a book in the bathroom because you're in there anyway. You might as well read. <laughs> Yeah, you grab it where you can. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Well, you know, your your website is, again, timetamer.com.au because you are in Alice Springs, Australia. have to have you on again just so that we can find more ab- about Alice Springs. Yeah, I'm just down the road. Well, when we say in Australia, just down the road from Uluru, but it's 500 kilometers. I don't know what that is in miles, um, but you can kind of work it out. 400? I don't know. You know, we, we we did try that silly experiment back when I was in like <clears throat> elementary school with going metric. And so my brain doesn't, it doesn't remember those. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it, this has been absolutely fascinating, Barbara. And as I mentioned, we just scratched the surface on things that, that tips and, and tools that we can all use to better manage our time, reduce our stress, all those various things. So I do truly look forward to having you on again. Thanks very much, Deb. Thanks for having me on your show. Great. Well, I am Deb Creer, having a great time talking with Barbara Clifford. And until next time, everyone have a great day. 
Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.